there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Stephen Cregan and John Hartson. Listen live for weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Go Radio from the heart of Glasgow and it's a tale of two Wednesdays in this great city. Celtic should clinch the Sins title tomorrow in Dundee and Rangers next Wednesday and big chance to win a European competition, the Europa League in Seville against Eintracht Frankfurt, a city that's got a place in the hearts of one half of the, of Glasgow and the west of Scotland and it could be the same for Rangers fans too. John, when do you remember the last time Celtic ready to take the title? Rangers could get a European title as well. Both sides happy? Absolutely, Paul. I think uh, Celtic will be delighted that you know to clinch the title back off Rangers, in particular the fashion that Celtic lost the title last season. It was such an mm-hmm. important season for them, unprecedented what they were going for. Um, but also Rangers to have reached a, a European final, you know, the Europa League final. Some of the teams that they've beaten this season, you can't deny them, you know, how, how well they've done. Scoring four goals away in Dortmund, coming from behind against Braga at home and and Leipzig. So to reach a final is a fantastic achievement for them. Um, and as I said, Celtic will clinch the title back. They need a point from the next two games. And to think that where they were, hmm. so winning the title, 25 points they lost it by last year. Hardly a team, hardly a player. So to have to have gone and done that, you know, and Poshakoglu, um, you know, he's done exceptionally well. 30 games unbeaten. John, we're going to play something to you that you said last August. August the 11th. I'm going to put you on the spot shortly. Stephen Cregan, I've got two titans in the studio here with mm-hmm. me. Stephen, sometime we talk about the business end of the season. I can't remember one as exciting as this with Celtic going for it with the title, Rangers, a real chance of uh, that cup. Well, yeah. maybe two cups. Well, it's probably what Giovanni Van Bronckhurst needed. You know, considering he had a, a difficult uh, end to January, into February, losing at Celtic Park. The title stepped away from them, but I think his recovery individually, how he's adapted the team, how he set the team up, his tactics, his aggression, uh, has came out in the side after all. Paul, it's taken him a little while to get up to speed. I think certainly he had a little dip, but for both sides to have big things to play for, uh, it isn't very often you say that both Rangers and yeah. Celtic would be happy at the end of the season. But if Rangers could, could as a big could win the Europa League then it would be a fantastic season for both Scottish sides because we'd have two sides in the Champions League. Tonight, Dundee against Hibs. We'll talk about that during the programme. And then tomorrow, as we mentioned, Dundee United against Celtic. Celtic, they celebrated on Saturday virtually. I mean, they have clinched it. They're, what, 20 goals better than Rangers. But it will be officially tomorrow night if they take a point, at least. Motherwell against Hearts. Rangers against Ross County. St. Johnson, Aberdeen. And St Mirren against Livingston. It's remarkable right at the bottom. Dundee are not officially relegated just yet. And St Johnson, the playoff place, a lot to play for. But it's at the top of the table. Celtic should clinch it tomorrow. And Rangers, well, they blood some of the youngsters and it worked for them on Sunday against uh, 
Dundee United. What will it be like tomorrow night? What do you think? Oh wait, oh wait, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. You'll be in Seville next week, Stephen. You're looking forward to it. You must be. You'll be part of the BT yeah. commentary. Yeah, yeah. there could just, be a hundred thousand Rangers fans there. Yeah. Well, they talk about that. Plus, I think Frankfurt are mm. such a a well-supported club that they're taking. They reckon they've had what between eighty and hundred thousand applications for tickets. So when you think of the stadium, I think holds forty-three thousand. You really could be doing with a stadium a little bit bigger. I know the sta- the stadium's picked in the early in the season before the season starts but you know for both of these clubs I think Frankfurt went to Barcelona which is probably well known and they took 30,000 to Barcelona in, in, in one of the knockout rounds so uh, tickets will certainly be hard to come by the atmosphere you imagine will be electric both sets of supporters going to try and enjoy themselves but ultimately the players have to focus on the job on hand forget about the occasion and try and go and win the cup it's crazy though that the clubs get so few yeah. of the tickets what range is less than 10,000 yeah. officially I think they are both about 9,500 each which seems incredible, but yeah. you can imagine they'll be finding certain ways to get other tickets. Yeah. I'd imagine Frankfurt will be the same. I would imagine there'll be more than 9,500 Rangers fans and more than 9,500 Frankfurt fans inside the stadium. John, you did a huge job to help to take Celtic to Seville, not least a mm. uh, goal against Liverpool, but in that run, you missed out through injury on the day of it. What tips have you got for Rangers for Seville? Well, it's a special moment, I think, when you, when you reach a European final. I think you go through the, the different games you know, getting out of the group, getting into the, the last eight and then winning the semi-final, then you know that you, you've got a, a big final to look forward to. It is a, a magnificent achievement. Um, I don't know what it was like in 2003. I was part of it. I, I played in 12 out of 13 games of that cup run. Unfortunately, you know, I missed the final. But from a team's point of view, um, they just come up short against Jose Mourinho's Porto. Um, took it to extra time. I remember Henrik scoring his 199th mm-hmm. and his 200th goals for the club that scoring night. Scoring two goals in a cup final oh, and still losing. Unbelievable. Would it have been different if you'd been in as well? It no, could have I been. Don't, I don't, have been. Oh, yeah. Listen, I don't know, but it was a ridiculously hot night and yeah. I, I never, you know, I didn't like playing in the heat. I went all, you know, all sort of tomato-y things. <laughs> we all did. Now I was just commenting. Yeah. Uh, do you still, do you, have you got a bit of a grudge against Mourinho, the way the time wasted? Remember the keeper was wasting so much time, feigning injury. Are you still sore about that? Defeat that night. That's not the first time I've seen Reno's teams doing that. No, I've seen these Chelsea players do it. I've does seen part of you teams. feel a little bit? Well, I remember Martin O'Neill going absolutely off his head on the mm-hmm. touchline and the referee doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I hope Rangers won't have to put up with the same tactics from Bayer Leverkusen. Um, but sometimes Frankfurt. on the, sometimes on uh, on the um, yeah. on the continent, um, you know, uh, players are told players are taught when they're younger. Mm-hmm to go over, you know, and win free kicks and this, that and the other. Um, it's cheating for me. I don't like that sort of type of football. But that particular night, if the Celtic fans are listening on here, that night, that referee and, and Jose Marino's antics on the side were Shocking. a disgrace, by the way. Shocking. Stephen, we hope that's not the case for Rangers next week against Eintracht. No, I think this is such an evenly matched yeah. game. You know, Celtic out-muscled Porto out on that occasion they were frightened off and they were fearful of the physicality and they obviously had to try and find a way to slow them down and keep them keep them at, at arm's length and that was the way they found of doing it but you know because there's no outstanding favourite in this game for me I think Frankfurt and Rangers will both go there thinking we can win this and when you look at their, their run in the knockout stages probably in every round Rangers have played a round more because um, because they had to play one of the, because they had to play one of the Champions League fallouts because they finished what's third in their group, second in their group. But there's um, 
both of them have probably been underdogs in every round they've been involved yeah. in. Every, every knockout game, you'd have thought, well, this is maybe a step too far for Rangers or Frankfurt might not make it through this. And they've just kept upsetting yeah. the odds and set, yeah. upsetting the odds. And they've both gathered so much momentum coming into it that they'll both believe that if they go and play their best on it, if they can bring their A game, they've got enough to win the cup. Mm. So I think that's what makes it so intriguing. We're going to hear from GVB. We'll hear from Ange Postacoglu as well. Um, on the day when Man City have agreed... A deal to sign Erling Haaland. There'll be some team next season. If we've got time, we'll talk about it. Of course, they've they've missed out on the biggest of all, the Champions League. Right, John Hartson. In this studio, August mm-hmm. the 11th, Celtic had a really bad start to the season. They lost to Hearts, as we know, at the beginning. Then they went out to Michelin in Europe. Um, and then they had a good result. Very good result. Six against Dundee. So you were asked, we asked you the next night, mm-hmm. what about Celtic this season and any prospect of winning the title? Because everyone thought it would be Rangers. 25 points last year. What was going to happen? This was August. This was John Hartson's reply. To go and win the league this year at Celtic, it would be the biggest sort of league win, I think, of all time. You know, when you think of of where Celtic have had to come from, you know, changing the manager. He's come in, no director of football, no, no uh, head of recruitment. Um, he's almost picking the players himself, uh, so we're led to believe. And um, he's almost had to build a new team, right from the goalkeeper all the way up to a centre forward. So, listen, it can be done. I think there's another, there's there's more, there's there's a bit more investment going to come into Celtic. I think that um, they're going to bring in another three, four, possibly five players before now and the end of August, and uh, they're going to be even stronger again. So. You know, I said at the start of the season it was Rangers' title to lose. I still believe that on the strength of how well they did last season. But, um, you know, things can change very, very quickly in football, as we know. Stephen, not many people agreed with John at that time. but People still was... don't agree with me, Paul. <laughs> and that's just in here. He was proved to be right. Because that was quite good. When you think back, people think John Hartson yeah, has I mean... lost the plot. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest one ever. I don't know what <clears throat> what's gone before. But what you have to take into consideration is where they were what he's built. Uh, he hasn't done it on a shoestring, you've got to say that. He spent 25 plus million. He's brought in Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers alone and haven't really paid a, a fee yeah. for them. Sold so, Edward, sold yeah. Christie. So his strength has been been able to integrate so many so many players into how he wants to play and then momentum is taking them forward. I mean, John's quote there was it's Rangers to lose. I think it does Celtic at the service not to say they've won it. They have won it. It's not been because Rangers haven't been good enough. It's because they've been so good and so consistent. 30 games unbeaten is an incredible run from Celtic since the 19th of September. Uh, and when you get to this stage, the league table doesn't lie. You know, they've scored the most goals, they've won the most games, conceded the least games, uh, sorry, conceded the least amount of goals and lost the fewest games. That's why they're going to be champions. I, th- I think at the start of last season, it, it was more, and I'd like to hear the Celtic fans who are listening to come on, I think it was more hopeful. Nobody had heard of Ange Postacoglu. They're lying mm-hmm. if they said that they had. Yes, maybe one or two had. Yeah. But in general, nobody had heard. Uh, the appointment never really got people buzzing, you know, uh, out of their chairs at home. Um, we were all in, in waiting in, in anticipation to see how this you know, former Australian national coach and somebody who'd coached in the J-League will do. Um, and it was more hopeful. How close can we get to Rangers? Uh, how c- can we compete? Um, you look at it, we lost Ayer as well, probably uh, of one of our yeah. best defenders that we had. Um, lost the captain. Peter Lowell had said he was going to resign. Um, so in terms of 
the achievement of coming back from that. Now, I know there's been others. Listen, and the Rangers fans will say, last season, unbelievable season. Rangers never lost a game. Yeah, sure. Steven but, Gerrard stopping the potential 10 in a row, which hasn't been done before. You could argue that that is another fantastic effort. But Rangers are decent players. Mm. They are decent players, you know, uh, and they added a couple as well to that. The likes of Kent came in, one or two other goals who come from Brighton in the Premier League. But when you think where Celtic had come from, yep. they hardly had a player. The only mm -hmm. players that they had were the likes of McGregor, yep. the, the likes of Rogic. Rogic was out of form, sure. not in touch in terms of, you know, not not yeah, in terms yeah. of putting in the performances he had done previously. Forrest so, was injured. But when you have to yeah. build a team like from scratch and get it and get it absolutely spot on, because if them players, if them three, if, if three or four of them players that came in that Celtic had bought hadn't have done it, then the manager cops it. If you, the, 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 the recruitment officer or your recruitment at a football club is the biggest thing you have to get right. You have to sign the right players. And when you sign for Rangers or Celtic, Paul, you've got to be the right fit. You've got to have the right mentality to go and play in front of those, you know, uh, them fans every yeah. single week. You know, that the expectations are massive. And that's why he is manager of the year. He picked up the award the other night. It's hugely um, humbling and, and I take a lot of pride. Again, I'm, I'm kind of representative of a larger group. So you, you receive that on behalf of, of a group of people who have worked awfully hard. And, and I think part of it is that just the fact that, I guess, going into it, that there wasn't a great deal of expectation in terms of success, uh, whether that you know, it was because me and my own background or just, you know, the ground we needed to make up, whether that was the the, the PFA or, you know, the, the riders, I think people just recognise the challenge we had and, and and how we've embraced that challenge. Um, so, yeah, I take great pride in it. Humble, I said on the night, I didn't get the one I was favoured for, sacked by Christmas, but, you know, I got everything else, so it's OK. It's a great line, John, isn't it? And quite humble, you know, I was going to be sacked by Christmas. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he gets it, doesn't he? he you know, yep. he, he gets the press in Scotland. Again, it takes a clever manager. You've got to be wise. You've got to deal with the criticism. But what he's done, he's gone and proved to everybody, you know, what, what a fantastic football brain he has. His culture, his, his philosophy, the way his style of play. Lots of people, myself included, thought, well, he has to go to three at the back because they were conceding goals, but it's almost like the, the defence have tightened up. They've got the best defensive record in the in the Premiership this season. Uh, the goalkeeper, Joe Hart's come in. He was finished. Yep. Joe Hart, you know, mm -hmm. people were talking about Joe Hart. I can't get a game for Spurs, only the odd game in Europe, but he's come in and he, he's, he's been exceptional. You know, he's played a huge role, by the way, in Celtic doing what they've done this season. Mm -hmm. So all you can go and do in this world, Paul, is, 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 prove, is prove some people wrong. You know, I don't always get it right, but what sure. I, what I will You're do. Spot on there, John. <laughs> no, but what, but what what I will do, Paul and Craig, yeah. I'll give my opinion. Yeah, of course. And yeah. I will say what I think, and sometimes I'll get it wrong. A lot of the time, yeah, yeah. I get it wrong. But you got I'm it not, right in August. I'm not yeah. always going to get it right. No, nobody you does. Know? But sometimes, yeah. but a lot of people will go, ooh, uh, they'll go around the boxes, yeah. give you four or five different answers, and might not get mm. to the actual point that you've asked them. I will say what I think. Mm. I thought yeah. Ange had a slight possibility, and sometimes you get it right. Mm. You know, and that's very pleasing when you get it right because you don't always get it. Is right. it the biggest turnaround? He trusts himself. You know, because Costa people, because yeah. people didn't really know him and coming in, you know, what's he going to be like? He knew himself. He's a good manager. He knows where the strengths are. He knows what he wants from a team, 
And that's why bringing an experienced manager in at that time was vital. And he knew what players he wanted to play in his system. I've played with a few Australian players over the time and they always thought like that. So he's a typical Aussie as and he trusts himself, he backs himself. He won't say it publicly, but he knows. It's, it's an inner confidence because he's had the experience of going over and over at Paul. He's won it in the J-League, he's won it in, in the A-League in Australia. So that's why he was so successful. He's mentioned the helicopter. He mentioned it the other night. He's done it today as well. Is there any danger that there's a helicopter around? This season for the title, is, right. is there, oh, I'll, I'll yeah. say it again. Then yeah. I'll give a proper answer. Yeah. No. no, no, of course it's not. Six no points, no twenty goals between no them. And for Rangers, I mean, they're obviously looking at the the two huge finals that they've got coming up next Wednesday. Can you believe it, John? It's coming so quickly. No, it's, I think yeah. it's game after game. It's I think I, I think you haven't yeah. got really much time to celebrate yeah. in terms of reaching finals. But of course, it's a brilliant achievement. But now it's a case of going. I know how disappointed it was for the 70,000 Celtic fans who travelled. Yes, they enjoyed it. They all took you know, time off work. It was brilliant. You know, all the green and white around Seville. It was an unbelievable atmosphere, place to be. But what they would have given for a win. Yep. You know, everybody can say, well, the experience was great. We got to a European mm. final. The first one in years gone by. We had a brilliant team, full of full of really good top players. But do you know what? When you when you get there, you want to bring the cup There's home. Only one outcome. You want to bring the cup home. Yeah, you ain't watching it back, are the you? The disappointment yeah. that night in the dressing yeah. room was there to be seen. You, it, the lads were disappointed, and there was so many fans, and everywhere you went, it was Celtic fans. But the disappointment of not bringing the cup home for the supporters will always mm -hmm. be there. You know, the supporters might not accept. No, 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 boys, you did us sure. proud. You got there. Yeah. But as players, you know, you you want to bring the cap home. Barry Ferguson on this programme last night said he's never watched the Rangers game back no. from Manchester 2008. He hasn't. What are your stories? How are you getting on there? The flights? Mm. <laughs> how, how are you getting there? Is it by boat? Is it submarine? They said that years ago. <laughs> what are the ways to get there? What about the ticket prices? Uh, give us your stories. 0808 17 17 700. And Celtic fans, how are you going to celebrate the title success which is coming your way this is the Go Radio Football Show John Hartson Stephen Craig and Paul Cooney The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go Thanks Chris for the traffic and travel keeping you right at home listen thanks to everyone who's made the switch loads of people I was out and about at the weekend telling me how much they enjoy the programme so thank you for making the switch to the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. So we're going to be, well, we've been with Rangers all the way in Europe and we will, of course, be on for the big match. That's a week tomorrow night. More about that shortly. And, uh, well, tomorrow night we'll be keeping you up to date with what's happening. Dundee United against Celtic as they are probably finally crowned. Rangers against Ross County. Motherwell Hearts. St. Johnson Aberdeen. St. Mirren against Livingston. And tonight, Dundee against Hibs. At the bottom of the table, it's uh, Dundee finally sealed tonight, I think. What do you reckon, Stephen Craig? Listen, I feel a little bit for Mark McGee. I played under Mark when he was manager. I coached under him when he was manager at Motherwell. And he's a nice guy. And sometimes he's misinterpreted in the press and people have a lot of criticism for him. You know, naturally, there'll be no one more disappointed than Mark. The fact that he's now been in, what, 12 games and he's still, no you know, they haven't managed to win one. Clearly, that wasn't the plan when they made the change to bring him in and do that. So it seems as if it's only a matter of time. Uh, you, you know, they could even win tonight. And St. Johnson could pick up a point tomorrow night and still get relegated. So it's a long way back for them. You know, sometimes you've got to take a step back to regroup, to reset and, and to go again. But certainly when Mark took over, they were in a much better position than what they're in now. So 
It seems as if it's only a matter of time, Paul, before Dundee get relegated. We have from uh, AP earlier. Let's hear from GVB on the verge of a European final, but he's uh, he's cautious. We don't have a, uh, achieved anything yet in 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 uh, because we want to have the the trophies as well, and that's why we're gonna prepare well. We're gonna work hard and make sure we can uh, you know add some silverware to uh, to our cabinet. Big question for Rangers fans: Kemar Roof, Stephen, what do you reckon? Is he going to make no. it? It's getting worrying now. You just think time is running out, Paul. You know, I think he's missed the last three and a half weeks. I think the last game he played in was the semi-final when they beat Celtic. He hasn't played any minutes. We don't know what his training time has been like, uh, which makes the achievement even more remarkable that he beat a team like Leipzig in the uh, semi-final of the Europa yeah. League without a recognised centre-forward. Someone to play an out-and-out centre-forward. So Joe Rebo has adapted and played in that role. You just wonder that if he doesn't play tomorrow night, Kamara if doesn't play any part, he maybe plays a little bit on Saturday. Does that make him fit enough to start in the game? I don't think it does. Are you better going with 100% Joe Rebo, who's out of position playing as a centre-forward, or are you better going with a 60% fit Kamar Roof who might only last half a game? You know, So there's big decisions to be made from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and based on what I've watched over the past few games for Rangers, Joe Rebo, a fully fit Joe Rebo looks a better proposition than what you know a half-fit Kamar Roof does. John? I, I asked uh, Craig's off-air earlier, does he think that Aaron Ramsey has, has a chance of starting the game? I know we played at the weekend if he plays the next two, maybe uh, next one, sorry, before the um, the final, you know, does he stand a chance of playing? Because when he's been fit, he's come into the team. Now I know he's had to be patient, a bit of time off the bench, coming on, getting some minutes. But Giovanni Van Bronckhurst tends to go with him. He went with him against Celtic when he was ready. He went with him in the final. Mm-hmm when he was proved his fitness and he had to come off through injury. Now, I know he's had, had to get fit again, yeah, yep. a couple of niggles. Yep. But with his quality, w- would he risk him? Would he play him, do you think? I think that's the one position uh, where Rangers, it's probably debatable for Giovanni Van Bronckhurst is that right-hand side. And he played there against Braga and Rams and he made some great runs from outside the in, disrupted the central defenders and caused a little bit of havoc. That was probably his best game that night is when he played against Braga. However, if he decides to go with Kimar Roof, as a centre forward, and it could all boil down to Kamar Roof's fitness, then Joe Rebo would have to play. So Joe Rebo could possibly play on that right hand side, which means Aaron Ramsey could miss out. So it, it's not just you know one player that, that that could affect with regards to Aaron Ramsey. It's Kamar Roof, Joe Rebo, Aaron Ramsey. You know, probably my, two of those my three. point would be that the whole conversation six weeks ago was Aaron Ramsey's been brought in for these big games yeah. to make a difference. That world-class player, mm-hmm. as good as Loudrup and Gascoigne signing over the years. And if he's fit, then why wouldn't you start him? If if he if he's but been he's brought been... in for these but he's fit now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, you know, these these big games, the fans might say agree with Craig yeah. and say two injury pro, not quite as fit, not yeah. not being able to get enough games under his belt, not exactly flying. And that's the issue, isn't it? He yeah. doesn't get a run. That's right. And 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 all of a sudden you go, well, you know. Um, so would you play him if he plays tomorrow mm-hmm. and plays well? Um, he could play in Seville. Listen, uh, well, that's the key. Uh, being uh, fit isn't enough. It's okay, so I'm fit. It. Well, you've got to show and in the games you play sure. and when you get the chance on Saturday and you get the chance tomorrow night you've got to make an impact well, what he and you've got to make do. a manager sit up yeah. and think oh I'm Paul I've him. seen Aaron Ramsey right I've seen him for Wales more so than any sure. other team um, he can be the difference yeah. you know on a big night on the big occasion he loves the big occasion the big crowd yeah. doesn't phase him 
Um, and I've seen him pop up with some magnificent performances for his national team that have took him into European you know, tournaments. And well, be- John, you don't get £400,000 a week, which no. is his salary in Juventus. I know, but being... he's he injury-prone and but... he's come to Rangers. Yeah, but sure. I just think this was the... This was the... This was the... Mm. You know, the big occasion that Aaron Ramsey steps up on. Listen, I think there also has to be taken into consideration what's the strength and weaknesses of Frankfurt. You know, yep. naturally, mm-hmm. Giovanni van Bronckhorst will pick his, his strongest side and who, who he thinks is in form. But ultimately, if you think if someone else can hurt or can do more damage on that side of the pitch, potentially maybe a dribbler, you know, like a Scott Wright, like a Joe Rebo, if they can do something a little bit different than what Aaron Ramsey can do and you think it can win you the game, Again, that's something else that has to come into the manager's thinking. If you were picking it purely based on experience and big game players, then Aaron Ramsey would be in. But he's got to be in form, he's got to be fit, and it's got to suit the way Rangers want to play on that night. How's the homework going? You're always meticulous. Yeah, no, well, You'll I, be there, BT I haven't got there yeah. yet. I haven't got around yeah. to it. I've, I've watched bits and pieces. I think I always like in the, in the last couple of days just before is when you sit down and get your head in and just to get a real feel for it. But um, I think you know Rangers will just be thinking if they can go there and produce what they did against Leipzig, but just what they did in the opening 20, 25 minutes against Braga at home, then they will feel they've absolutely got a chance of winning this. You know, the problem is they've always been underdogs up to this point. Now people are thinking of their favourites, who's favourites? So it, it, you know, can just, the problem it is as well, Stephen, it's a, it's a one-off game. Like Against Leipzig, you're delighted to lose 1-0, you know, in, in, in a strange way because you're thinking, yep. well... Bring them back. The atmosphere yep. we can create mm-hmm. and, and that intimidating mm-hmm. factor that they've got at Ibrox we're really confident turning this around and if I was a Rangers player I said it a couple of weeks ago I'd have been delighted at 1-0 against Leipzig because I actually thought Rangers drew the short straw in 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 drawing against uh, Leipzig in, in in terms of the semi-final because I thought Leipzig were the better out of the four teams mm-hmm. I was obviously yep. proven to be wrong Rangers did a number on them yep. um, so for me I actually I actually think it's a one-off it's a different mindset. You've got to win the game on the night. You can't exactly think, let's take a good result home like they've been able to do against Praga and one or two well, of the other teams. What stands them a good stage on is, is you know, for example, that semi-final yeah. against Celtic at Hamden Park was a one-off game. Mm. You know, and they and they overperformed and they had good energy and they, you know, it was a real... So I think they'll have taken a real strength from that. That Braga game on the Thursday night, the second leg, the Celtic semi-final with the two games that people said would define Giovanni Van Bronckhorst as a manager, it would define his Rangers career. If he lost them both, he could be gone by the summer. Suddenly now it's turned and he got two big, really two big performances out of them, two different performances. One was dominant against Braga, the other one against Celtic was really aggressive. They took risks at the back, they went man for man, they tried to impose themselves, they showed an aggression which they probably hadn't showed before. So suddenly those two games defined him as an he actually can do something different. He can mix it up a little bit. So they will take a lot of heart from that one-off game to think, if we can do that in a one-off game against our big rivals, we can do it in a one-off game against Frankfurt. Stephen, do you think quite a number of Rangers fans owe the manager an apology? They were doubting GVB. But listen, that's what that's what football's all about, yeah, Paul. Opinions, you know, of course. And, and because now with social media, opinions change second by second, minute by minute. If you score a goal, oh, we're great. You lose a goal or whoever it may be, the manager has to go. The player's not good enough. Oh, oh he's just scored a game, but we'll keep it. So it, it, it's, it's hard to remain emotionally level you know you've got to try and keep and I think that's what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has done and you look at Ange Postecoglou both of them are very similar they don't give a lot away they don't get carried away when they win they don't get too low when they lose they don't give a lot of emotion out when they're doing interviews they keep themselves calm and sometimes that relays the players as opposed to the manager, uh, the manager getting emotional. So, listen, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst knew what he signed up for. He knew what the emotions were like, and he knew he get criticism, he get praised. He just wants to win games. Do you think enough Rangers fans are giving him enough praise? 
Well, he said it himself in that interview. He said, we haven't won anything yet. Mm. And as a Rangers manager, as an old firm manager, you're judged, as a player, John will tell you, you're judged on what you win. Second yeah. in Glasgow is last, as they always talk about. It's so like, it's like Jose Mourinho. He's, you mentioned Jose yeah. Mourinho on. He's finished Roma at six in Serie A. Mm. But he's got to a, he's got to a, a, a cup final, a conference yep. final. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, he probably stays in his job next season if he, if he goes and wins that final. On that, on major tournaments, another change, not this coming season, the following season in Europe, the number of teams in the Champions League will rise from 32 to 36. That's for season 24-25. It's hard to believe, John, we're talking about season 2024-25. Changes approved by UEFA. Under the new format, each team will play eight games over 10 match weeks, so it's like a league. Two of the additional four places will be awarded on the basis of the highest performing countries in each individual season of UEFA club competition. More detail near the time, of course, but it's going to be that format. Each team, so Celtic or Rangers, if they're both in it, which looks as though they could be next year, this would be the following year, remember. They would play eight games over 10 match weeks. So more European games midweek. And it's also, yep. see, I'm just reading there, it's the same as Europa. Yep. It's changing it's, as well. It's going to be changed the pause, right? That's right. It's exactly it. Yep. I think so, it's good. John, what do you feel? I think change is good. You know, because everybody's got used to the the knockout stages, and then you get through to the, the, the you know the the qualifying round. Sorry, then you get through to the group stage, and it's always been four teams, isn't it? It's always been the the top two, and then the third place uh, from the Champions League will drop into the Europa, and now it's the Europa. If you can finish third, you drop into the conference. So the fact that it's that it's going to be, you know, eight teams in in each group and four four groups of eight. It's, it's different. It's a change. Yeah. And I think it excites people, I think, having, having that change. And it's good that UEFA have come up with this. It's I about believe. money. Of course they have, because yeah. they want the money. They well, need more revenue. Was, was it yeah. a year ago the Super League got mentioned? Yeah. And it was almost the same kind of format. It was all about the best playing the best, trying to get as many of the big clubs in. They all wanted to be part of the money. They all wanted to be playing each other in the, in, in the big games. That's effectively what UEFA have gone to. Or but also, towards if, that. if there's going to be a rise in 36 from 32... Um, some of the smaller um, teams are going to get in there as well, aren't they? So these are not all going to be the the, the global clubs. Well, you hope not. Yeah, but, I, but I, during, I, during those I, those eight those eight team I, games, there's going to be some wall as well because you're going to have the better harder. teams. It's becoming harder for the smaller teams to get into the Champions League, isn't it? You know, it's mm. becoming harder for the, the the kind of surprise package. I mean, who was it, Sheriff? Sheriff beat Real Madrid earlier in the mm. season, didn't he? In the Champions League, it was like, wow, yeah. you know, we haven't yeah. had a result like that for yeah. a long Madrid time. In the Champions League yeah. final. But, How many I, I people know. wrote them off back then? Well, back then yeah. they lost their first, they lost their first game. So mm. it shows you how much it turns around. But ultimately, what we want is as many Scottish teams involved in these competitions as we possibly can. Thursday nights, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights. We want it covered. We want to keep growing the game. And Rangers and certainly Rangers this season have laid the marker down that it can be done if everything clicks into place. Now Celtic will follow, and we'll Dan Ange will invest over the summer, but. What about a Hearts or a Dundee United or a Motherwell or a Ross County? Can they edge it a little bit closer and potentially get um, group football? John Hartson said in August, if Celtic win the league, it's going to be the, league, the biggest league win of all time. Stephen, you've had a few minutes to think about it. Will I throw it to you again? Well, what, what do you reckon now? It's certainly a surprise. But there's no doubt about it. I don't think anyone out with a small batch of people yeah. would really have believed not just because of what was happening on the field, because of the disconnect and the discontent off the pitch. It's amazing how when you're when you're losing football games, everybody goes for the board. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're winning football games, that all seems to be forgot. So this time last year, there was uproar. Celtic fans were unhappy. Mm-hmm. If you'd said that 
in the summer when Ange came in, you're going to win the league this year, not many people would have believed you. However, like I said, he's had money to invest. He's been very astute with his signings. He's brought in good players. Um, they've had a little bit of momentum, which is, you know, 30 games is an incredible run to have. But certainly at the start of last season, I don't think many people give them hope. Here is Ange Postacoglu not answering that question, but looking forward to tomorrow night and the game with Dundee United, who've got something to play for. They're looking for fourth spot and uh, big European competition. Yeah, they've had a good season. Um, yeah, Tam's done a good job with them. And uh, again, you can see that it's been pretty tight throughout the season, sort of, especially in that middle part of the of the table. And for clubs like Dundee United, they've had to you know work really hard to get themselves into the top half they've got some 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 good players um they're well organized and it'll be a good battle for us and let's get the squad update latest news everyone's uh okay after the weekend so um we don't expect any sort of any change in terms of the ones available uh Josip Juranovic still not for tomorrow you know he's half a chance for the weekend we'll see uh he's in rehab but everyone else is okay and in terms of uh yeah, in terms of the, the general feeling, yeah, they're, they're good. We had a you know a good session yesterday and players are uh, in good spirits and looking forward to it. Someone who started at the weekend, John, you were there, was Jota. Good to see him back on form. Well, now let's let's just focus on uh, our end of the, the season and uh, put a, a, a smile in the Celtic fans. So he wouldn't be drawn in his future, but what about his performance? Well, difficult start, um, but I think we... We got stronger after that and we just reunited ourselves and uh, after that we just did a, an amazing job. Uh, we did the things we are used to and uh, we got the win. 4-1 win against Hearts at the weekend. Yeah. Will Jota stay? Will Celtic shell out that money? Well, I think every Celtic fan would like to see Jota stay. Um, he's had a, a brilliant impact on the football club. Not many had heard of Jota. Mm. You know, playing not for, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not yeah. playing for you know the Benfica sort mm. of second team, whatever. Having the odd yeah. appearance here and there, and again recruitment, bringing him in, giving him the platform to play in the in Europe, in the Champions League, in the Europa League qualifiers, Europa League, um, and then the conference. Um, you know the the Conference League as well. Yep. What are his key uh, attributes for you, John? Sorry, it's a great striker. What do you see about him? He's not an out-and-out -out striker. What are the things about Jota that you love? Well, he ends up making making an end product. He, there's always something in terms of a forward pass or a cross into the box or he'll beat a player um, and then he delivers with quality. Um, and, and as a striker... I played with the likes of Alan Thompson, Stevie Guppy. They'd put it on a plate for me, and it makes a difference. Jota this season, he, he puts it on a on a fifty pence piece from thirty yards. He's got that quality, and he can go to the line, and he can dink it. You know, he can just lift it to the back post, or he can also deliver it with pace. He adds goals, um, and on the weekend there, the, he he he, um, he made Maeda's goal. Kyogo was coming on, coming back from an offside position and his intelligence, he knocked it forward and he showed the defenders a clean pair of heels with his pace. Special. And then a delivery across the box to Maeda who finished it off well. That is top quality and that's what costs money. So if you can get Jota for around the six million, mm. I, I don't know what the deal is. We said at the it's start of the that. season yeah. that maybe Celtic have a deal, first refusal on yep. Jota. It's going to be a lot of it will be down to his agent and the player himself, because there's no doubt that he's you know he's raised the profile of his of himself, and the big clubs might come lurking. I mean, a big club, Celtic got a massive club, but I mean down the, south. the global yep. clubs down south. They've got money to burn. Yep. 
you look at the European clubs, the Bayern Munich. Some, yep. Has he done enough for one of them to come and get him? But, but Champions it, League it, football. Yeah, it, that, yep. that's a big that's a big exactly. call as well. Stephen, as a former defender, what about Craig in yeah. against Jota? Well, How would you have liked to have been in the in the back four against him? The, the one weekend? thing I like watching him is his intent is to go and make something happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not to play a safe mm-hmm. pass or pop the ball off and pass responsibility. He wants to take someone on. He can go inside and his right foot, he can go outside and his left foot. He's got a good change of pace. The one weakness is probably probably is his tracking back which when you yeah. go up to the top end of European football you've got to go both ways you, you know you look at Maida he's up and down and yes he may never get to those fitness levels and have that energy but he still has to track back and do the ugly side of the game but certainly in possession of the ball he's an entertainer sign him you would sign him all day long I need to take a break then we're back the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland let's go Nowhere I'd rather be but here in Glasgow, the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Well, we'd maybe quite like to be in the sunshine. Johnny, you're getting ready for some uh, summer a summer break? The Harrison's yeah, getting yeah, out of town. We, we yeah. like a bit of Tenerife, Paul. There's a, yeah. there's a lovely resort uh, called the Grand Melia uh, in Tenerife. <laughs> Don't tell us exactly or we'll be putting things in your bill, John. Well, <laughs> listen, you, know, you, know, yeah. you normally meet a few Celtic yeah. fans along the way and they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. that's where we like a bit of Tenerife. Not too far. Yep. Um, nice weather you guaranteed the weather over there so not yet I think it'll be about July I think because the thing is Paul I got uh, four daughters and yep. my boy and they've not been they've not had a holiday for like like most uh, families exactly. really, for so, a couple of, couple of years yep. so it'll be brilliant we're to get go everyone for together this year a little bit great yeah. and Stephen a lot of football between now and then well, you will is. be off to Spain is, on yeah. Monday yeah. for the match Wednesday night well there's still lots of football to be played, yeah. lots of exciting games. This is the time of the season you like, you know, whether you're a pundit, of course, when you're a player, it was always exciting to get something to play for. European places for the smaller clubs, league titles, Europa League finals. This is what you want when you're watching football, which is why you know, I kind of hope that you know, the Champions League uh, someday, probably won't ever, Paul, go back to just the simple knockout stages. You know, When you yeah. look at the knockout stages of Europa League and the Champions League and the drama and the away goals, abo- the away goals rule abolished, makes it so much better for our game, doesn't it? This is what we like to be watching. You're on about lots of games, Steve. You're absolutely right, because last night I watched Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland. League one, Paul. I played against both them teams in the Premier League when I was playing down in England. Sunderland, big Andy Melville at the back, the big Welsh centre-half, Kevin Phillips up top. Um, and then oh. Sheffield Wednesday, Des Walker, all these, Kevin yep. Pressman in goal. And now the two massive, and I mean massive oh, clubs, Sunderland yeah. yep. are getting 40,000 in League One. Yep. Last night there was about 38,000 at yeah. Hillsborough. Yep. So Sunderland went through uh, last night, and of course they drew, they drew the game 1 1, but Sunderland were 1 up from the. And what's it Patrick called? Roberts. As well? Patrick Roberts, and it was uh, yeah. Alex, yep. Alex, Alex, Neil, Alex yeah. Neil as well, that taking, yep. taking his team to Wembley to play Wickham. This time last year, if I'd said that Stephen Gerrard takes his team a home game against Liverpool tonight, and Liverpool still going for the title, but it looks as though it's going to be Man City, you'd say, hey, what are you talking about? Of course, Villa manager. And I was hearing today some people saying, is he going to want, you know, Aston Villa to beat Liverpool? Well, of course he is. He's the manager yeah. at Aston Villa, even though Liverpool was his first love. I don't think people maybe know Stephen Gerrard, and I don't overly know him, but certainly his, his competitive side, when you're involved in a sport and you have been involved in it for so long irrespective of what the outcome is for the opposition, when you're a manager or you're a player, you want your team to win. That's simply what it boils down to. If they lost and Liverpool went on to win the league, he would say, well done, Liverpool. But he's certainly not sitting thinking, well, let's let Liverpool come and beat us on our patch when there's so much at stake for his own team. He's building his own reputation. He one day possibly wants to be Liverpool manager. Of course he does. It's games like this 
it can set you up, Paul, to push yourself forward and enhance your reputation even further as a manager. So for anyone that thinks Stephen Gerrard wants Liverpool to win this game tonight, you need your head looked. He doesn't want to get embarrassed either. You know, no, you look at sure. Liverpool drawing with Spurs yeah. at the weekend, that disappointing result for them, 1-1. Mm. So Liverpool will be bang at it tonight at Villa Park. So Stephen Gerrard, they could win 4-5-0. Are Liverpool, City going to win? When they're at it. Sure. I've thought City for a, for a while now, although I'm a Liverpool fan, just like Man City. Many teams do so support John. Only Liverpool, mate. Swansea. Swansea. Well. Swansea. 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 Swansea's my hometown. And Celtic's the other one. Obviously supports their own time. And Celtic's the other one. Liverpool. Um, I've got a Celtic tattoo. <laughs> so, guys, I'm not going to support 10 teams <laughs> if I want. What about you yourself, Stephen? You support, you know, support Glenshorn. That's my team. I'm going yeah, to watch them right. playing tonight. Right. We play in the yeah, as Europa League playoff for getting into Europe next year. So I'm going to watch that. Stephen Craig and John Hartson, Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. A few of the headlines today. So we told the UEFA confirming changes to the Champions League. Uh, that's the season after next year. Next year, are we going to have two teams in? John, what do you think? Just a quick a yes or no. Is it going to be Celtic as champions and Rangers well, as Europa? Celtic are there. Celtic are there. And Rangers have a, have a big game now against Eintracht Frankfurt. Listen, of course they can win it. Um you know, at the end of the day, it'll be great yep. for Scottish football if if they if they both can do it. But we know Celtic are there. But on the back of how well the Rangers have done to get there, they'll want to go and finish it off now. And you think Rangers will? Possibly. Probably. Possibly. Possibly. He says. I think they will. Stephen, you I think, think they, they will. will. I just yeah. think they have so much momentum with them. And I know Eintracht Frankfurt have switched off in the Bundesliga, and they're forgetting about that. But these next two games are big for Rangers as well because you want a feel good factor you want to be arriving in Seville having a two good league games behind you possibly two good wins so I don't see any reason why they can't win and what does the manager do GVB one of the successes of the past two months has been the fact that they've been playing you know Sunday Thursday mm -hmm. extra time to beat Celtic in a cup semi-final when Celtic had the week off because I feel John that Celtic haven't had enough games at that point Have they didn't I know people disagreed with me. Mm. When they played Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final, I think Rangers at that point thought, we need to win a trophy this season. Celtic were going to win the league, almost certainly. They've not won a point. trophy yet, have they? No, um, no. But they've been in the final yeah. against Hearts. So, but does that me, make a difference? For me, I thought Rangers made it happen in extra time. I think uh, it could. I think the game swayed you know, on big occasions. I think Lundstrom hit the post in the first yeah. half. And then, and then Carter Vickers... At 1-0, I think, hits the crossbar. 1-0 or 1-0, I think it was. And then yeah. I thought in, in the last... And there's no doubt about it, Rangers played better on the day, Paul, irrespective of the referee you know, having, having a poor game. Some Celtic decisions, some Rangers decisions. Yeah. You know, And I think sometimes these big games, these big semi-finals, these big league games hinge on, on decisions. But I thought Rangers went and made it happen. Yeah. That run from Bassey and all of a sudden yeah. slipped in by, by Kent... Whether it was offside or not, it don't matter. It's gone now. Rangers have gone through. Yeah. But we can talk about all these things. But what I'm saying is, Rangers went and made it happen. They found mm. those energy that, you know, driving forward, they found mm. those levels of energy and they deserve to win the game. I don't, I don't think any Celtic supporter disagreed with and that. And my question is, should Rangers keep that momentum going? What do they do? It's a, it's a balance, isn't yeah. it? Who do you rest? Who do you keep playing? Because well, you want to protect your top players or do you? Yeah. Well, the hard bit is, the manager has to look and think, where do we have a little bit of cover potentially? And if one gets injured, then you'll be okay. Tavernier has been, James Tavernier has been so important. I mean, he's scored the first goal in five of the eight knockout games. The first goal, whether it's a penalty or not is irrelevant. He scored the first goal in five of the eight knockout games. So you think, he, you know, we have to protect him. He needs to play. He needs to be fully fit. Mm. So at some stage, you're going to have to maybe, I know we took him off after 66 minutes of the weekend, but... You For know, that reason, just yeah, to protect. I think so. Yeah. I would imagine With tomorrow night, up. the majority of them, the majority will play tomorrow night. 
because you're still a week away from the game. Mm. Everything well, think, players, players, players the want to play. Players do, don't really want to. But they also know what's on on the horizon. They also know mm. where that game is sitting, waiting to go, and they want to be part of that. So you will have to be selective. It would be great to see some of the young players play again. I think likes of Alex Lowry. I watched him coming on the weekend. I love the way he plays. He plays with his head up. He wants to play forward. He wants to hurt teams. He wants to dribble. Leon King done well. I thought the young boy Divine came on at right back and looked really accomplished and really assured. So surely the manager has to give them some game time. Some good young players coming through. Alex Lowry, what do you think, John? Yeah, good player. Again, yeah. I watched him at the weekend. Like Stephen said, mm -hmm. good footballer, gets his head up, sees a pass. And I and I think, as Stephen just said there, there may be one or two that that uh, Giovanni Von Broncos might just want to protect in terms of if they were to get a knock, it would cost Rangers big time in terms of what they bring to the team. Maybe a Tavernier who brings goals and that, that delivery on the right-hand side. Maybe a Kent, who's pivotal to them. If he gets a knock and misses a final, he's a type of player that you, you really miss in, in the big games. Here's GVB speaking about the, the next two weeks. I'm not thinking about, you know, we have, uh, we have uh, two important games to go and, uh, you know, we know uh, the, the league was, uh, you know, very, very difficult to, uh, uh, to achieve especially when we, when we drew at Celtic. So in that way, you know, we're not uh, looking at them. We want to make sure we have our, our best version in, in, in the Europa League final. So that was him saying he doesn't want to concede the title, yeah. but conceding it yeah. and said, no, no, we're concentrating the two big games, the two finals. Well, he said there, we want to be our best version in the final. You know, the likes of Leon Balogun, he's suspended, which is a bit of a nightmare for the manager, probably, because he'd like to take Conor Goldson out and put Balogun in beside young Leon King, for example. But he can't because he's still got one game service suspension. You've got James Tavernier's the only right back, recognised right back. In midfield, you've got plenty of selections. I mean, you don't have to look at the weekend with Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis, and Aaron Ramsey. I mean, it's not a bad midfield trio, is it? You know, plenty of experience. So he will, I would imagine, play about and toy about with the, the players and the system because he does want to arrive. He's going to be judged on Frankfurt and Hearts. And in the cup, that's just two games. Sure, it's massive. And for Celtic, champions elect. Here's Callum McGregor. Like you say, we're running out of games now, put ourselves in a great position and, and obviously now we can we can go and seal it on Wednesday and we look forward to coming back here on Saturday as well in front of a full house. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we, we gave ourselves some work to do at the start of the game, but I think once we settled into our rhythm, uh, I thought we were excellent. You know, we, we scored four, we, we probably could have had five or six if it wasn't for a great performance for Big Craig again. The Players' Player of the Year, and I think, John, was he your Player of the Year just briefly before we go to the news? Callum McGregor? Yeah, he was up there. I think that there, yeah. there was a few... Um, you look at Carter Vickers, who's had an outstanding season. There was one or two others. Callum McGregor, the way that he's led, he's led by example. Paul, different captain to Scott Brown altogether. Yeah. Scott Brown's a bit more vociferous in the dressing room. Maybe we'll, you know, dig a, you know, one or two people out, get them going. Callum leads by example. He leads by his performances. And he's been top-notch and rightly so player of the year. Stephen will ask of yours just after the news, which is coming next. We're with John Hartson, and Stephen Cragen. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact. SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. 
Go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney with Stephen Cragen and John Hartson, two titans of the game with us here tonight. We're on 0808 17 17 700. Tomorrow night then, well, tonight first of all, Dundee against Hibs. So at Dens Park, well, you never know what's going to happen. Both of them, certainly Hibs have been hot and cold. So close and the Cups, but uh, they changed managers twice this season. Who's going to get the job? I'll tell you who it looks as though he could be on his way to Hibs is David Marshall, the former Scotland number one, the man who take, helped to take us to Euro 2000. And David Marshall, what a keeper. John, they loved him at Celtic. He did well down south. David Marshall could well be at Hibs. He's still young enough, isn't he? Yeah, and he's um, much travelled, Marshy, mm. isn't he? You know, Cardiff currently just, you know, being released at QPR mm. under Mark Warburton. Mark yep. Warburton's gone as yep. well. Um, he looked Derby. Did what has done well for the national mm. team in recent times. So well, still, I, w- I would think you don't lose your form as a goalkeeper. What is he now, Marshy? 36, 37? Yeah, he's got 37 years. He's just but a you boy. Look, you look at, you look at <laughs> yeah. Alan McGregor, you yeah, look at other, goal, other goalkeepers. Yeah. Goalkeepers tend to play until you know early sure. 40s, certainly yeah. late 30s. And if Marshy, I saw him at the weekend there, he was doing the Sky game up at... Um, up at Celtic so, Park, I was yep. in the next box mm. doing the Celtic t- uh, doing Celtic TV, the Hearts game, and I was talking to Marshy. And what did uh, he say? He's keen. He's keen mm. to get playing again, and uh, he had one or two things, sort of you know, irons in the fire, yep. if you like. Um, but he wouldn't give me any more than that. Paul, mm, I'm so. sure he did. John, you're the man that predicted Celtic could win it. You said it with the biggest well. league win of all time, and uh, Celtic have uh, they've done it. It'll officially be crowned. It's gone on a little bit here, but Celtic fans will be looking forward to tomorrow night at Tannadice. I wonder, was that a bit mean of Dundee United to cancel some of the tickets that they thought were maybe in the hands of Celtic fans or health and safety and well, all the rest of it? I, I just wondered. It, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. You know, it's health and safety and, and whatever. You know, whether they give them enough. I mean, you could give Celtic the full stadium three yeah. times over and they would sell it out because it's, yeah. it's such a big game for them. So... Listen, we've watched often enough crowds getting in and it can cause a little bit of trouble. So Dundee United are looking after themselves. They've got their own agenda. As much as Celtic are coming to win the title, they've got their own agenda of trying to get something out of the game. So you can understand a little bit from the health and safety, but from a pure football point of view, you'd think it would be good if you can get as many in as possible. Sure. But but Dundee United yeah. aren't there to serve Celtic. They're there to service the Dundee United fans and they have their own agendas. Entertainment I've, I've, game, though. I think yeah. you might see as many Celtic fans outside the ground in, in Dundee yeah. tomorrow night. I think they'll just travel. It's what's only an hour and a half away, isn't mm. it, from Glasgow. But they'll come from all over Scotland, the Celtic fans, mm. and they'll enjoy, obviously, Tannadice um, is one winning, of those grounds winning the title. Mm. Tannadice has been one of those grounds over the years where the title has been won a few times. Yeah. Rangers won nine in a row there. I remember Venegraaf Hesselink scored one night one day for Celtic. I think Gordon yeah, Strachan was in charge. That game, yeah. They won the league. Kai Lafferty got a couple for Rangers one time yep. when they won the league so, so it's funny how you just get grounds I, I think Kilmarnock was another one over the years it's just where Rangers have won the that's league right. there um, I think Celtic have been involved in it, there's always drama at some grounds mm. and certainly that's Tannadice is always one of the ones that sticks out good points yep 08, 08 17 17 700 here is Ange Postacoglu looking to next season and the summer plans and signings had a fair few uh, leaving um in the, in the last summer window as well, some before I got here, some as soon as I got here, which I didn't take personally. Yeah, I think that's the nature of football. And in terms of the squad, we, we sort of rebuilt the squad. But as I've said many times, we're still sort of stage one. We we, we still need to the squad stronger and, and more robust for what's ahead. So, And with that, naturally, there'll be some players who, who won't be part of the, the picture next year. Uh, some who will feel, OK, we need to get some game time into because we see them 
here longer term, but, you know, we'll benefit from playing. So we'll make all those decisions. Um, so, you know, like I said, I don't expect to see as much transfer activity incoming as last summer, but we'll, we'll still have more players coming in and, and, and there will be outgoings as well. John, where would you like to see your old club strengthen? Um, I would like to see the two loan players stay, okay. Carter Vickers yep. and Jota. I think they are priority mm-hmm. because I think they've been major factors in helping Celtic achieve what they have this season, the league. Um, O'Reilly stays, Abada stays, they're on contracts. Maybe James Forrest will move on. Um, game time's been the problem, isn't it? The injuries. Game and then... time, few injuries. Uh, he's been a great player for Celtic over the years. He's racked up so many trophies, you know, so many European appearances. He has. You can't forget when these players eventually leave mm. how well they've done and what an impact they've had. And the impact this season, John, League Cup semi final, Premier Sports semi final. Celtic were not playing well against St. Johnson. He came on. Absolutely. You can't forget yep. these. And, and in Europe as well, he was a go to player. Mm. You know, three or four years ago, James Forrest, get him the ball out on the right, he'll make something happen for you. Like we said about Jota, he'll put a cross in, get the odd goal, Paul. So people like James Forrest, I think one or two others, Starfelt will obviously stay. Julien, where does Julien stand in terms of, you know, when he's been fit this season? You know, Ange has not quite been able to, to get him into the team for whatever reason. I said earlier on, I don't think he will he will split up that partnership of Starfelt and Carter Vickers this season. Because they've been solid. They've been really solid. I think uh, uh, Starfield's come on to a game. Uh, the likes of Ralston. I think Ralston stays because he's just recently signed a five-year contract. Mm-hmm. So there will be activity. There'll be a lot of movement both in and out. But what Ange doesn't want to do, he just doesn't want to bring in numbers. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of numbers. He wants quality. He wants players that are better than the ones he's already got but because he- he's got a big squad now. And a couple of things help that. Champions League football. We mentioned it about Jota, we mentioned it about Cameron Carter-Vickers. Suddenly now, with having Champions League group stages, I think it opens up another market with regards to players. Because players want to go and play in the Champions League, they want to play in the big nights, and suddenly if people might have been saying, so like, mm, well, wait and see, then you think, oh, Champions League football. That gives me a chance to go and put myself in the shot window, play in the biggest platform there is, go and showcase myself if some people are thinking about moving on further down the year. So I just think it opens up a different mm. window for Ange Postacoglu. And his, you have to say his strike rate for signings has been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Normally if you yeah. sign 10 players, you think five might do mm. okay. Of the what, 10 or 11 he's brought in, seven or eight, nine have actually made well, an impact. Without so. being negative or disappointing the, the Celtic fans, maybe when you prioritise and you get Jota, and you get Carter Vickers, it's not going to leave you an awful lot of money, by the mm. way. You know, in terms of, you may secure them two on a deal, and then maybe only one or two more will but, come in mm. because you've signed them to, and that was your priority. But because should, Celtic, of what they've should done. Celtic learn then from after winning nine in a row, when they were in a position of strength, a position of power, and they didn't go and push, they didn't go and invest big again they're now in a position of power once again Yeah, go and invest again well I think Ange is holding a lot of the cards now I think he's already proved what a good manager he is how, how, how talented he is you know in his recruitment of players you said it earlier on Stephen the players that have come up trumps oh, for him is signings yeah. but I do think I think the fans would love to see Jota stay and they would love the, they're both fans favourites and they've been a huge impact but then what stops them what, what stops them what stops those two do they have to think 
Game time? I think money. Over money? I think money. But I think game time's but more important than money. But what if Tottenham want 12 million? They say Tottenham want... Because Spurs want to sell... I would imagine they would have a figure in their contract. I would imagine very similar to the Jota. Will Celtic pay 8 million? Will they pay well, if Jota's fee goes up, if it's not in black and white, if it's not I contractual? Think, yeah, it is. If I he wants it, 9 million. So then he's talking 17 million for two players plus wages. Will Celtic do that? Or will they just let one of them go, only sign one of them, and use the rest of the money to potentially look for look for two or three players of two to three million, rather than go for a, a, you know, one right. of the both players? Let's hear from Ange today, speaking about Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers. In terms of timelines, in terms of the final week, I mean, that's stuff that's happening in the background constantly. And uh, as I've said all along, my role in that and, and, and the players' role in that is to make sure that we, you know, we finish the season strong. Um, you know, people are working on... on on, on those things behind the scenes and they'll co- all come to a, a natural conclusion when the time is is right but we haven't put it against any time scale or against any urgency because I didn't want it to affect the players and, and their ability to to help us achieve what we need to this year and to their credit both those guys have been outstanding and he's spoken about uh, Christopher Julian he's, he's training hard he's available um, you know we'll see how the last you know, a couple of games ago, it's obviously been a challenge for him because, you know, with, with Cameron and Carl you know, doing really well, and particularly this last period where we haven't had any midweek games, um, my feeling that has always been in terms of rotation that most parts of the field, you're pretty comfortable to rotate, but defensively you need understanding and cohesion and it's harder to sort of you know, give guys game time. So, you know, that's unfortunately the situation Chris has been in. So, um, you know, but in terms of the future, we'll, we'll sit down at the end of the year like I will with all the players and we'll chart a way forward. And uh, with all these things, you know, we'll end up doing what's best for the player and what's best for the club. Easy to forget, a £7 million defender he is, Christopher Julian. So he's uh, there's a cryptic Instagram post today where there's an egg timer and, uh, you know, it's a hint that he could be back soon. So maybe he will play tomorrow or uh, on Saturday. Yeah, well, I said, and I, I was proved to be right, I didn't think that Ange would split up the back, the central pairing, who have been very good, conceded the least amount of goals this season in the Scottish Premiership. So I think the, the the proof is there that they've defended very well. And I didn't think he split them up and I've been proved right. I don't think he will. Um, two games to go. He may well give um, uh, Christopher Julien mm. an opportunity. Uh, but again, Paul, I wish I could be as diplomatic as Ange is. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm just going out on the way. I'm trying to say things and yeah. Ange just... He's got this thing of batting things away and getting it right. He speaks ever so well. Do you know what I mean? I wish I could be that diplomatic when I do interviews. Ah, John, no, we like the way you come out and say it, but both managers are. Stephen, what are you thinking of Christopher Julian? Well, you know, you're talking about a £7 million defender. He's got a year left in his contract. If he doesn't play or Ange doesn't see him as part of his plans, that all could be determined by the acquisition of Cameron Carter-Vickers. Mm-hmm. If he can't get him in, then he's going to have to say, right, OK, I need to hold on to Christopher Julian until I can get him in or until I can get a replacement in. But ultimately, you've made an investment in a player and if you think he's not going to be part of your long-term plans, then they probably would have to try and sell this summer to get trying to recoup some sort of money. I thought he might have changed it at some stage. You know, I think he said there himself, because they're out of European football and there's no midweek games, he didn't really have the chance to rotate mm-hmm. defenders. And, and you know, Starfelt and, and Carter Vickers have got better as the seasons went on. So there's no need to put someone in for the sake of it. If someone's doing well and they're being solid in their position, keep them in. Central defending is crucial, as in, he said it there, cohesion, mm-hmm. understanding, relationships, knowing each other's game. They've got it down to a team. Now, the two of them trust each other and know how each other works. So to suddenly separate that would be hard. He certainly won't play tomorrow night. 
if they do win tomorrow night in the league's over, he can get a point. He may play on uh, Saturday. However, if you're Carl Starfelt, you're Cameron Carter-Vickers, you think, I want to play in that game. Sure. It's home, last game of the season, title going. So uh, I'd be surprised if he plays any minutes. I, I think if you look at the back four, I think on the right, Juranovic and Ralston. I yep. think there's plenty of cover there. Um, you've got Welsh, you know. Not featured much, has he? At this level, Welsh did well in yeah. some games. Uh, but generally, you can see his favourable yeah. partnership is Carter Vickers and Starfield. Cover for Greg Taylor on the left. Mm. I don't see many others. I know you're a man of his can, can switch and play left back. Sure. But you look at, look, I would like to see him strengthen defensively. I think in the midfield area, you look at it, the likes of Rogic, O'Reilly, um, McGregor, you know, Hitati. Um, He's got nine midfield players, hasn't he? Nine midfield players. He's got plenty. Only nine. Yakamak is still in the middle and he's got Kyogo. So defensively, I think, I think just maybe to take Celtic to that that quality defence because going forward, they can be scintillating, score lots of goals. I still think there's one or two frailties frailties defensively at times. And the better teams and the more quality, better opposition you come up against... They'll hurt oh, you. Exposed. Yep. Tomorrow night it's Dundee United when Celtic can finally, finally clinch it. They are champions elect. And the manager says it could be a special night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're you know, under no illusions that um tomorrow night, you know, we've got the, the opportunity to make it a special night, you know, for the football club and our supporters. And yeah, look, I'm 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 sure they'll enjoy it. I guess it's it's one of those, as you said, after last year's disappointments, not just the fact that obviously we didn't have success at football club, but you know, they weren't able to to feel a part of it because you know they could and contribute because they weren't allowed in the grounds the stadium so you know this year everyone's put in maximum effort including our supporters um everything they had pent up from last year they've kind of released this year in in a positive way so um i'm sure everyone's looking forward to to the final two games our role in that is to just make sure we continue on with our good form and and you know continue on from the football we played on the weekend um take that into tomorrow night and and uh you know as, as I said, um, take the opportunity to make it a special night. Stephen, you've enjoyed watching Celtic mm. and the style of play. Yep. Could not this season, could you? Who would be your Celtic Player of the Year? And just going on to your Scottish Player of the yeah. Year. Callum McGregor, I think, has been a standout player. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers has probably been the best defender in the league, probably the best centre-half in the league. So uh, I think there's a difference between being the best centre-half and being the best player. And I think Callum McGregor just... He's oozed quality. He, he, he cruises through games. He simplifies it, doesn't complicate his game. He's always a release pass for a player under pressure. He sets up attacks. He works hard. He's added, actually added a wee bit of bite to his game. It's not something he, you know, he was famed for, probably because he had Scott Brown beside him to do all that for him. But he's had to probably adapt his game slightly. And the captaincy hasn't, feared, hasn't frightened him. You know, it hasn't spooked him at all. He's taken it on board. When you think of the Rangers captain, James Tavernier and Callum McGregor, they don't come across as the vocal type. John said it about Callum McGregor. Tavernier is the same. They let their talking be done by their style of play. They lead by the game. They carry the team forward. They take responsibility. They show confidence in possession. The teammates trust them. That shows from both captains. So yeah. certainly for me, Callum McGregor. Young player of the year. I know Leo Labada yeah. had got it, but Calvin Bassey, uh, you know, his progression and improvement throughout the season has been nothing short of terrific to watch as a young man how strong physically powerful good in the ball good pace good 1v1 defender good recovery pace so 
he's certainly up there for a young player of the year. Yeah, Rangers could feel that they missed out on quite a lot of the awards because they've come really good at the end. You know, they had the bobble yeah, earlier yeah. on, you know, they yeah. were leading in the title, then it changed round, but they've come back well in Europe well, and the, players the Scottish play, Cup. Uh, are they the votes? I know down in England, the votes, they, they get sort of sorted out. Um, Probably a bit February sometimes. In the polls, yeah, early yeah, in the March, season, which, I, which I've always never been able to understand that Yeah, one. indeed. Yeah. So, what about the player of the year then? So, it went, the football writers the other night went to uh, Craig Gordon, Gordon, winning it for the third time, first player. Mm. Congratulations to him. Terrific goalkeeper. I said the other night, though, I was surprised in some ways um, because if you look at it, Joe Hart conceded least goals, followed by Alan McGregor, followed by Craig Gordon. And I know it's not as simple as that because no. you can be the goalkeeper of Hearts and be much busier that, as you would what, be. I think yeah. that's what it's boiled down to. Sure. You know, but the, the influence that Joe Hart has had in the team probably isn't taken into consideration, but his experience and his, his voice and his organisation will certainly have helped defenders in front of him but if you're basing it on saves and you know big saves at big moments and Craig Gordon is that you know is absolutely up there and you know again he left Celtic people wrote him off they said he was finished he wasn't got but credit to him he, he's, he's you know the proverbial uh, wine wine yep. he's getting oh, he's certainly yeah. getting better with age you know he's some of the saves is he a red wine then well, <laughs> I hope so well and even Callum McGregor said there didn't he he said well, it would have been a lot more than four if it hadn't been for Craig Gordon yeah. so his influence on the Hearts team it's been phenomenal it was catastrophic Celtic letting him go that was one of the early signs that things were going wrong at the team that had won nine in a row yeah. it, well, they made a major mistake they thought all oh, Foster but you know he, he went back down the road well it was good for the one season wasn't he Fraser Foster then when he left was, then, yeah. then they had problems with Barcast and they had problems with Scott Bain but uh, sometimes at a club Paul your time comes to an end sure. and it's time to move on and I think it was Craig Gordon's time to move on so overall who would be your player of the year for this year Stephen Callum McGregor you're going for Callum McGregor you are Callum McGregor yeah, as you said in the beginning because I wasn't sure when I said it the Celtic no. and for Rangers is it James Tavernier or Calvin Bassey overall mm. if we were saying given that we're as the Glasgow station who would we go for at Rangers as players well, John you, Lundstrom will I throw him in yeah well you've yeah. got to look at you got to look at who's the most influential when they're taken out okay yeah. that's what, the way I mm -hmm. tend to judge these things a yeah. little bit you if you I... take Bassey out mm -hmm. when you've got Balogun and you've got mm -hmm. Goldson you've got Barisic yeah you'd miss him good young player mm -hmm. you take Tavernier out you take almost your leader out the one who gets you the set pieces he scores so many penalties Delivery from that right hand side, incredible delivery. He scores goals, edge of the box is 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 mm -hmm. is, is yeah. technique, um, and the quality that Tavernier has. So for me, it would be Tavernier all day long. You, you the player that you'd miss the most if he wasn't playing. Say for now in the in yeah. the Europa League final, mm -hmm. I, I bet the fans, the Rangers fans, would go the well, one player we want in the side Tav. in yeah. is Tavernier, mm -hmm. Stephen. I'm going to take a quick break Good. and then we're going to hear just afterwards who is Rangers Player of the Year. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Number one for football in Glasgow in the West. The Go Radio Football Show. We've got John Hartson, Stephen Cragen, Paul Cooney and uh, you making the switch. Thanks for joining us. Great excitement in this city. Celtic about to finally be crowned champions probably tomorrow night maybe well it could be if Rangers slip up if Celtic slip up even a, a draw would be enough or this coming weekend and Rangers by their own admission get their own eyes of course on the cup final but also the Europa League final it's hard to believe isn't it we've got we've got a team back there right at the top in Europe and we'll be behind 
Rangers covering all the way till next Wednesday night's going to be I was lucky enough to be in Seville in 2003 covering the game and I'll never forget it you know the the green and white of the Celtic fans the blue and white of the Porto fans they were coming live on TV the Portuguese television from the square and people were just there it was a great atmosphere Stephen and let's hope we get the same thing with the German fans with our own Scottish fans over there because these are you know maybe not once in a lifetime but it doesn't come too often no. a European final well Seville's not going to know what's hit it like it did back in 2003 when the Celtic fans went en masse. Because I said it earlier, Frankfurt will travel en masse, Rangers will travel en masse. We just hope it passes off peacefully. There's yeah. not too much trouble. There's not too many people having alcohol and, and wanting to be brave. Go and support your team. Wear your colours. Sing with, you know, sing for your team and cheer and roar. But don't go and make an edit of yourself. Go and enjoy the occasion and actually remember it. And if Rangers win, then it's something that will stay with you for the rest of your life as opposed to being threw up in the jail somewhere in trouble sure. causing issues go and support your team I think that's the most important well the Guardia the build don't hang around no. I mean the great thing is Celtic um, had no there were no arrests there was what 80, 90, 100,000 people yeah. there it was remarkable and let's hope that's the case mm. again there'll be a huge I mean there weren't 100,000 Porto fans I don't know how many there were maybe 20,000 John um, it'd be hard for you because you'd be isolated where did the team stay? Before the game, we, we stayed out. We, I think we yeah. stayed out. We stayed in a beautiful hotel. I went over there just to support the team because yeah. I knew I'd miss the final. I, my parents were there, and I, I sat in the stand mm -hmm. for the first um, hour and a half mm -hmm. until it went to extra time. Then I made my way down onto the dugout. I sat on in the dugout watching from pitch side, mm -hmm. and that's when I really noticed Jose Mourinho's antics yeah. from really close up. What was he up to? Give us the insight. Just telling his players to stay down, you know, waste time when they went they went uh, three two up in the game, um, and honestly, Martin O'Neill was going mad on the touch and the linesmen weren't doing anything about it. The referee was sort of getting sucked into Jose Mourinho, and and it really was. Listen, that's not the reason why we lost the game. By the way, Porto performed. They got yeah. the, they got eventually they uh, they got the winning goal. The lads lost three two, and it was heartbreaking as as mm -hmm. a result. So all of a sudden, you go and you think, brilliant, look at the crowd. All these Celtic fans, family involved, you think, this is wonderful, what a sight. And then you lose the game and quickly you're like, oh my God, we've lost, we've lost the game. And it takes it out of you. The lads were devastated in the dressing room afterwards. And then people are trying to pick you up. Oh, well, you've done really well, you got mm -hmm. there. Okay, but once you get there, you know, it's, it's probably worse than losing in the semi-final. Is it? Yeah. Probably because yeah. you've done the hard bit, you've got to the final, but it's a great achievement. And Rangers fans listening to this show, they quickly on to me, they quickly dig me out for everything I say. Let me just say on record, Rangers have done brilliantly to get to the Europa League final. They have done absolutely magnificent. Some of the teams that they've beaten, some of the times they've been wrought off, they played at Dortmund, a really strong German side, Leipzig, another strong German yeah. side, Red Star Belgrade. Difficult venue to go to in Belgrade. Hostile atmosphere. They were behind against Braga. Mm -hmm. Turned it around back at the, at the Ibrox. Mm -hmm. So I have to say, you know, good luck in the final. But I will say as well, they've done exceptionally well. It's a brilliant achievement from that group of players and the manager. How happy is their manager? Well, he's understated here. Very pleased because, you know, it's the last two weeks of the season and, of course, we have two major last games, you know, with the Europa League final and the Cup final. So, uh, you know, we want to keep going. You know, we want to make sure we have everyone on board uh, on Wednesday in a week to, uh, for the remaining two games we play. So we are happy that we could change some players today. Some players made minutes. You know, we could give some uh, minutes to our academy players. 
and in the end, you know, we wanted the result and we wanted to keep our level of, of playing. And I think we, uh, we achieved that today. Hard to believe Rangers going into the finals, uh, Stephen, without Alfredo Morelos. We've hardly spoken about yeah, him and he's been such a talisman for well, Rangers and a terrific player. But he's gone and I've came our roof. I worry about his fitness now. Yeah, well, I don't mean it's a positive for not speaking about Alfredo, Alfredo Morelos, but they found a way to play without him. Yeah which I think is testament to the manager and a testament to the other players. Would they rather have him in the team? Of course they would. Would they rather have Kamar Roof fit the, as his backup? Of course they would. But sometimes you just got to accept that it isn't going to happen. So you then have to find another way. Players have to take a little bit of responsibility. The manager has to try and take responsibility and find a system and a setup that works. Joe Ray will plan out a position, but he has to do it to the best of his ability. And I think he's actually grown in that role a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he starts as the centre forward next Wednesday night, which, you know, if you'd said three months ago, you'd have thought, no chance. That isn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, credit to him. But, you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, naturally, coming towards the end of the season, two cup finals. He was, you know, he's been here as a player, winning trophies. He's won cups. He's won leagues. He knows at the top end of the season, you have to be challenging for silverware. And if he could come out with two major trophies, what a stepping board that would be for summer recruitment. He's got a big summer ahead. Like a lot of players out of contract, a lot of players leaving. He's going to have to turn players around. Players get into the last year of the contract may have to be sold. So he's got a lot, a lot of work ahead. But to do it with two major trophies would be, would be some feat. And the Rangers fans are getting to know him better as a manager. They knew him and remember him fondly as a young player at Ibrox. Um, but look at the passion um, when he beat Celtic in the semi-final yeah. and also when he went through to the final just the other night. Look at, at the end, the way they celebrated. Well, it's interesting because your standing as a player evaporates when you're the manager if you don't win games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? People, people forget all about that. That disappears. Mm. So he probably had to convince a few. And I think that doubleheader, Braga, on the Thursday night and Celtic on the Sunday convinced that a lot of people, and probably convinced his players and convinced him as a manager, I'm actually doing something right or we can move on from this, we can progress forward. So I think that was the turning point in this season, not with regards because the league was gone, they wanted to win the league, but that was the turning point that everybody just has suddenly been galvanised. John, what are you thinking there, talking about strikers? Um, Joe Aribo, this could be his mm. 10 days coming up, isn't it? Just over, I mean, eight days till... Well, Joe Aribo is progression in the last seven or eight years mm -hmm. under Stephen Gerrard and continue that. A player signed from Wimbledon when I was at Wimbledon playing in the Premier League called Marcus Gale. He's my oh, strike course, partner. Yeah. It was Gale on the left, mm. it was Hartson through the middle and Carl Court yeah. on the right, right? Three monsters. Really? Up top three, <laughs> six foot three players. <laughs> Kenny Cunningham, right back, Alan Kimball, Joe Kinney used to say, if you take more than two touch, the fullback, I'm bringing you off. It was one touch out your feet and bang. Yep. Jason Ewell, Rob Ewell would get on the half turn and we'd play possession football. That's the way Wimbledon used to play. Throw-ins, long throw-ins, Vinnie yep. Jones throwing it into the box. Yep. And I remember Marcus Gale telling me about Joe Aribo. Marcus Gale was a manager of Staines, Staines Athletic. And he had Joe Aribo playing for him at Staines, playing at Hemel Hempstead in one of the lower leagues. Not that long ago, right? And then Joe Aribo went to Charlton, with Lee Bowyer. Lee Bowyer was against Joe Rebo joining the Scottish League. He wanted to take him in his eyes, right, down in England. He wanted him to stay in England, did Lee Bowyer, when he was a manager at Charlton. Rangers got hold of Joe Rebo and have turned him into the player that he is now. And I think he's terrific. I think his energy levels, his skill level, he gets around the pitch. And as Stephen alluded to there, he might even play centre-forward in a European final. That's how much 
the manager trusts Joe Rebo. So to say his progression has been amazing. So full credit to the lad. He's kept going. He's believed in himself. Yes, he's had the opportunity, but boy, has he not taken it. He's played 63 games. Yeah. When club and country, he was at the African Cup of Nations, he's played games. I thought he looked a little bit fatigued five or six weeks ago, but he seems to have mm. brought himself back again. Maybe sometimes a different position, Paul, can suddenly just inspire you that little bit more. But certainly he'll be a big player as well. The likes of Ryan Kent, you think in the attacking sense and what they bring to it. But it must be a great time for the Rangers players over the next 10 days thinking, we've got two major finals. What did you see of Fashion Sakala at the weekend? He was really busy. He came so close for Rangers. Is he improving, getting more experience and uh, his confidence improving? He is. You know, naturally scoring goals helps. I think yeah. the goal and the, uh, sorry, his involvement in, in the Scottish Cup semi-final goal when it came off Carl Starfeld scoring at Celtic Park certainly will have helped him. It still looks a little bit raw for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to work out what his best position is. I think yeah. he's better when he faces defenders up. He's a little bit naive with his back to goal. He's mm. probably too open and too honest and too easy to play against as a, as a centre forward because he leaves himself open for centre halves to go and nick the ball off him. He wants to face defenders up, but certainly he'll have to improve if he wants to be an out-and-out -out number nine. Maybe he's better coming off one of the sides. You know, a little bit more uh, freedom to play and space to play and he's isolated 1v1 against players, but... I think there's a wee bit of work to do on him. Good to have him on the bench, John. Bring him well, on. Well, I think he was Rangers' best player a couple of weeks ago when they drew 1-1 at Celtic Park. I think his goal was brilliant. That turn on the, on the you know, shot and turn mm -hmm. in down at yep. Joe Hart's near post. I thought he was a constant threat. Mm -hmm. I thought he caused the Celtic defence problems. Certainly in the second half, again, mm -hmm. when Rangers come on to show their energy level. And he could have won the game for so Rangers. So close, wasn't he? Probably, a, probably an easier chance going through one-on-one -on -one yep. Than what the first goal came from, you know, he just managed to get a turn in, quick shot, surprise. Joe Hart couldn't quite get low enough down, but the second one when he hits the post, yeah. So from Celtic thinking we, we could have been two or three up at mm. half time, Ada misses a header, Jota has half a chance with a header. Celtic could have been out the mm. sight, game done and dusted. All of a sudden, this one nil Rangers get back and they go through one on one. So Sakala was a problem all afternoon, by the way, for but Celtic. That probably sums up where he is. Whereas the, the, his goal, when he doesn't have to think about it, he scores. because he, Instinctive, he's hitting, yeah. Whereas yeah. the one he's going through, he's got one second, two seconds. He's got a little bit of time to think about it, which means then you can change your mind mm -hmm. a couple of times in your head. Whereas the one in his left foot, he just hits. That's just instinctive for him. So I think there's work to do. There's there's a player in there. There's raw attributes, which opposition players don't like playing yeah. against. Mm -hmm. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst just has to round him a little bit more to get the best out of him. But you know what, Stephen, as well? There's nothing wrong with being raw. Yeah. I think Morelos was raw up until two or three yeah. seasons ago. He he was unpredictable. Yeah. He didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't, probably he didn't know young. what he was going to do yeah. himself. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when the, the ball comes into you and it goes off your, your right knee and all of a sudden you have to roll the defender. You know, sneaky, quick, doesn't look an awful. But when he gets his body across a player, very hard to get it back because he, he almost as a defender, you've got to foul him, you've got to bring yeah. him back. So... He's a problem, you know. He's he's a, and I don't think sometimes with players they are raw. They play on instincts, you know. And sometimes you got you got to improve their positional play, and you can work on their finishing on the training ground. But sometimes when they're raw, a lot of clubs will take raw players because they see something in that player that they can work with. And you know, as I said, he was a real problem for Celtic a couple of weeks ago. The two goalkeepers have been massive, haven't they? Alan McGregor at Rangers, Joe Hart at Celtic. They're massive, they're what, six foot two? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit more in Hart's case. What about Alan McGregor? And he will, because he missed out, as you know, Stephen, in 2008. And a lot of people, and if there are neutrals, I think feel 
looking at it, Rangers, this may be their destiny. You know, the way that Rangers have played in Europe and people like Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis coming back. Yeah. I know he's not he's not an automatic choice no, at the moment, not. but um, his game experience as well. And he creates so much space, Stephen yeah. Davis. But what about the keeper, first but, of all, McGregor? It's interesting because he's, he's out of contract in the summer. And I've said it before, that unless you can get someone who's better than Alan McGregor, then I think you have to keep him. And I'm not just talking about his ability on the pitch. You've got to think about his influence around the club, the dressing room, the standards he sets, you know, the way he now looks after himself. If you can't get any better than that, then you have to keep him. And, and that's what it will boil down to, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Budget-wise, what can we get? Who we're looking at? Who's coming in? Because you want to sign a number one. You don't want to let Al McGregor go and then sign someone who's just as good or similar to John McLaughlin. They've got to be better than John McLaughlin and go. So that's the, the, uh, the conundrum that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has in the summer. I would keep him and I'd keep Stephen Davis just mm. for the experience and the know-how and the good profession. Well, first of all, on the keeper though, um, and that's if he wants to play next season as well, if Alan McGregor... Yeah, if Rangers totally. win it, he might say, well, a double, you know, Scottish Cup as well, if well, they win it. Well, that means then the decision's taken out of the manager's hands. He then has to go and replace. Yeah. But you'd imagine Alan McGregor's appetite won't go away. John, would you agree that it would be yeah. it, it'd be crazy to lose the keeper if he wants to stay next season? Well, he's one of those players, Alan McGregor, that, that can win the game for you with it, with his exceptional ability on shot stopping. Um, he can pluck saves out from some of the saves he's made this season, even last season when Rangers won the league. Mm. He was incredible at his age, you know, so agile, still so enthusiastic, absolutely you know, rattles his defenders when they take an extra touch or they, they play it back to him on the wrong foot and they make it hard for him. He's after them. He doesn't let anybody off with any mistakes or anything like that. So again, it's not what he only brings on the pitch, but it's what he brings to the dressing room. Stephen just spoke about Steve Stephen Davis there, a player that I really respect his, his career for his country. You know, played a lot of games in the Premier League, first time round at Rangers. And now again, he won't play in the final. Definitely won't start. I think, but for me, um, I think he's great to have there. Take him for his experience. And he might come on and show things up a little bit in the second mm -hmm. half. If you go ahead, he's brilliant to come on with his experience yeah. and point the finger at one or two. Get people tucked in with his experience. But don't, I, I very much doubt that mm -hmm. that uh, Giovanni will start with Stephen Day. Maybe because he's at the wrong age or mm -hmm. maybe he just hasn't got the legs to get around like he used to. Stephen, you know him so well. You oh, played yeah, alongside yeah. him for Northern Ireland with so many times. He's just still, uh, you know, just... It's simplicity personified, Paul. You know, he doesn't complicate the game. I'm talking about Callum McGregor not complicating the game. Stephen Davis doesn't complicate the game. He always wants to take the ball. When a teammate's under pressure, he'll always help them out. He always wants to take it over. You know, he, he, he knows when to speed the game up, when to slow it down. And even in the semi-final against Celtic when he came on, mm. I thought he helped them in midfield. You know, he's normally one that sits behind the ball, but he was chasing forward. He was getting after it. So he's still got the hunger and the appetite. And you need those guys in your dressing room. You can't get rid of too many of them when you're having a turnover of players. So Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is going to have to be careful with regards who he keeps and who he lets go. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's, uh, I didn't say anywhere. I wasn't meaning Stephen Davis is finished. No, no. Still no, has an no, awful lot to no, offer. No. Sure. But in terms of starting, the yeah. likes of the Ryan Jacks of this world, the Kamaras, the Aribos, these guys are at an age now where they can run all day, they can cover ground. Stephen Davis different type of player. He can sit, he can organise, he's got that experience around him. But, you know, still, still a, a vital cog in that Rangers team, Stephen Davis. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go. Go, 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 go Go Radio Football Show keeping you right up to date here with Macklin Motors And we've got Stephen Cragen, we've got John Hartson, Paul Cooney And on the line now, uh, a Rangers fan from Crookston 
It's Paul is on the line. Good evening, Paul. Uh, Ethan Paul, uh, Ethan <laughs> panel, thanks for letting me on. Hi, Paul. Good to hear uh, you. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, do you want to pick up there on Stephen Davis. Uh, exactly, yeah. I've been banging on for a, for a few weeks now. Um, I'd phoned in this radio station as well. I see you've got uh, Stephen Craig on there as well. Um, we have indeed, yeah. And I was listening to I was listening to the commentary the other night, um, and I remember Stephen and Alec having a wee bit of a debate about who to bring on to maybe shore up in midfield. As for for the last game as well, the home leg, I've been screaming on to get Steve Davis on there rather than James Sands because Sands, not pinning the blame on him, but he did give away the corner that led to the goal for Leipzig. Anyway, that's meaningless now because we got to the final. But yeah. the guy has got experience. I've been shouting out for I don't know how long. And when Stephen had went back to, I don't know, Alec, he was talking about, he's talking about bringing on, Stephen will remember, but I'm just thinking, Steve Davis, show that midfield up. And that guy's experienced within the 2008 um, final. He's a Northern Ireland internationalist. I don't know what, but I don't know what from Broncos can't see him. I would have that guy. I hope he plays a major part in that that final because yes, he's an outstanding player. And I just thought mm-hmm. when you were talking about it today, I couldn't help but phone him. Not good, Paul. Steven. Paul, would yep. you? Sorry, Paul, would you start him? Is that what you're saying? Well, listen, I don't know if he's a starter, but he's mm. absolutely a guy that can close it, close the game down, John. Yeah, that's that's what so he did exactly in, in the semi-final, didn't he? He came on and Craggs was just mm. saying he's the type of player that will organise. And if, if Rangers are holding on to a lead or they're chasing the lead, he's the one with his experience that tactically he can almost do the manager's job on the pitch. You know, because he's that experienced. He's run done 50-odd caps for yeah. Northern Ireland. Am I right in you're saying that? 29 or something like that. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the most capped close. player yeah. on these islands. Stephen, uh, what's but, your take then? What would you say well, to Paul? I think he's spot on. And I think he's a very accomplished footballer. Stephen Davis is another one who has got better with the age with regards, his understanding of the game. He's changed his position. He was always an attacking midfield player who got into the box. But slowly over the years, he's adapted his game. Um, I think he gives Rangers a real control when he's on the pitch. You know, the game isn't as open. You know, he takes control of the ball. He feeds it to the players who can go and impact the game. He always holds the middle of the pitch. And that's the one thing when you're playing, you know, the bigger games, European games or against Celtic, you can't leave the middle of the pitch open because people want to try and counter-attack. I always think he holds the middle of the pitch. Uh, you know, he, he knows, I said it, he knows when to play a longer pass to stretch the game. He knows when to keep it short when the game's a little bit compact. So um, I have to say, I was slightly surprised he didn't come on uh, during the the Leipzig game but then Giovanni van Bronckhorst made the change of putting John Lundstrom in the midfield yeah. who then goes and scores the winning goal albeit from a set play you know it wasn't our source from, sorry, from an attack down the left hand side so you know maybe the manager got it right on that occasion but certainly there's been times I've watched Rangers and I've thought they just need a little bit of calmness in the middle of the pitch and Stephen Davis is always the first player that I would turn to Paul how are you doing for tickets for next week? <laughs> oh <laughs> no, I'll be I'm watching it with my, with my dad. It's quite sentimental. What's the last one with him? I want to see this one with him. And I want to hopefully see when we, we get over the line this time. I think you can't ask for a better running. Um, we'll obviously, disappointing leagues away. But yeah. you know what? We don't have the pressure of having to cram games in this time. Um, I'm hoping he plays a bit of, I suppose, what he did on Saturday. Brought Lowry on, brought Leon King on. I'd like to see the young guys get a chance. Um, and no, that's that's the future. Hopefully, we've got a right good plan in place now, a model in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if there's any way to win a European Cup, this is the year because guarantees you pop one in the Champions League gives us sets us up for many years to come where the, where the money comes in. And do you know what? We've, we've played 16 games to get there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nearly half a season. I read that from Kenny Miller's column. Um, and he's right. You, know, you look back in history. Yep. I'm not 
not diluting what Celtic did and what Rangers did in 1972, but you only played about five or six games. Now you're playing, you're having to play 16 games to get to this stage. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is almost like a, it, well, it's a league. That, that there's no surprise now. They call it Champions League and Europa League. They are turning to that. Who's been your player of the year for Rangers for you, Paul? Well, it's a hard, it's a hard I think mm-hmm. I'll hold my hands up. Lundstrom, I, I've criticised up till January time, but. The guy in Europe has been outstanding, um, and he topped it off getting his getting to the semi final. But I want to, I want McGregor to get a, a no, hopefully maybe he stays for another year. But if he is, if this is a year of signs off, then he missed the two thousand eight final. Yeah, we'll so just saying that. Yeah, now make that up in the two thousand twenty two final yeah. um, as well. And what about players like Ryan Jack? And we know last season he missed so much. Everyone was worried about his injury. What a transformation and what an important player he is. It's outstanding. More worry about Jack and, and you know Stephen and John might know a wee bit more about it being ex pros and whatever. Uh, not to you, you won't know either, Paul. Uh, oh no, I won't. But I've read somewhere that he can be a wee bit injury prone with things, and I don't know if it's a certain pitches he plays on or, or whatnot. But he's maybe having to play in certain games. But I, I was standing as well. I think um, that, that the whole team has been. I think we're designed to play in Europe, and yeah. and I want to. If you're not letting me back in again, I want to sign off. If you don't let me back in, just no, no, you're still in. Hold a second. I know what you're going to say, but hold on. We're, we'll come back to you, Stephen. Is that injury prone with Ryan Jack? Well, he doesn't seem to finish a lot of ninety minutes, does no. he? You know, maybe that's because he's putting so much into it. But also, when you've been out for such a long time, mm-hmm. it takes you a while to get up to speed. You know, and, and it takes a lot out of you when you're continually pushing yourself and pushing the boundaries. But there's no doubt. Ryan Jack coming back in has just given that little bit of solidity in midfield. You know, he's aggressive. He's a different type of player than what the rest of them are in there. Again, he simplifies his game, doesn't complicate it. Um, but naturally, moving forward, well, I think he's about 30 years of age. Over the next two or three, four years, you know, how will his injury situation be? But, you know, it's just nice to have someone back or see someone back playing who has suffered an awful lot, irrespective of what team you're playing at. You know, John and I have been involved in the game long enough. If somebody does have little niggles and knocks, it's nice to see them get a chance to play. John? Yeah, well, I, I like Ryan Jack um, and I think he does make a difference when he starts for Rangers with his talent and uh, his technical ability, the way he can spray the ball around and he's, got, he's a goal threat as well with, with, with his other uh, strike that he has and technique. But going back to the final, I, listen, I, I give Rangers every chance. I, I think the one thing, Paul, that I would imagine the manager wants is that the manager can set the team up, Right. And you've had some brilliant performances uh, away in Dortmund, the home games against Braga, um, the away performance, Red Star Belgrade, really, really hostile atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, of course, in the semi-final against Leipzig. Now, what you're hoping as a manager is that your players can keep up that form and keep up these unbelievable wins and performances. And all you can do sometimes is just prepare them and then with a the final, because it's a one-off, you need a bit of luck. You need yeah. a decision to go your way. You need maybe, you know, to a, a defensive mistake from from a Frankfurt Eintracht Frankfurt point of yeah. view. And you're just hoping that luck plays a big part mm. sometimes, you know. And uh, moments of magic. Absolutely, as well. somebody yeah. like a Kent or something sure. to break through yeah. and hit a thirty yard. Mm. That's what it takes. It takes sometimes a, a moment of magic because I think mm. it'll be a tight game. I think uh, Eintracht yep. Frankfurt to get through West Ham. West Ham have had a great season in the, in the English Premier sure. League. Yep. So to beat them in the semi-final. But listen, I give Rangers every chance. Paul, back to you. I think you're going to say in GVB you trust. Oh, well, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, are we are we bit worried about 
it might sound up, but thinking back in the uh, Braga game, the amount of times we passed by phone down and I spoke to Barry Fergus about it. And I said, why do we keep passing the ball back? Because I've been a couple of very moments at the time. Um, he said, that's the a, that's a Dutch mentality about passing the ball back. My dad, old school, he's like, get the ball pumped up the field. <laughs> um, but it's the way the kind of play now, yeah. you know. And, and when it works, it works brilliant. But I did want to say about Stevie Gerrard, um, I do want to give a shout because... Well, you'll, you'll get Rangers fans that was maybe one of my disillusioned they left and whatnot but you know what he got his he got his back in the map um, you know you look back and progress Niederkorn and people laughing and whatnot and they're laughing now I mean you know what you only have to look at the other half of the city and I'm, you know, I'm being honest here John will know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. when was the last time Celtic won a knockout tie in Europe back when 2008 so for Rangers in the space of nine years to come where they've came from to get to a Europa League final and well deserved Europa League final We've had to work through the Europa uh, the qualifiers and all that nonsense. Um, and to be honest, it would have been laughable if Villarreal had won that Champions League and Celtic winning the league would have to go and qualify. Like you said, it's called the Champions League. It should be the champions of uh, going through. It's, it's a, I, I'm going on my high horse about it, but I do find it a nonsense that you have to play up the umpteen qualifiers. I think as a team, Paul, I think Rangers have done brilliantly well to get to the final. I really do. Um I think you deserve an awful lot of credit and uh, as I said, I wish you well. Uh, and that's coming from the other side. Uh, I think they, they've earned the right to be there. They've beaten some really, really big teams. And Stephen um, very impressive. deserves the credit as well um, from the Rangers yeah. fans. Uh, Paul, we'll speak to you no doubt before the game next Wednesday. That would be good. Cheers, Paul. Thanks Paul, for calling. Thanks yep. for letting me on. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yep. And Celtic, that was against Barcelona, wasn't it? The... Uh, the last time well do you know what we've not had time to go through uh, the games for tomorrow uh, Stephen do you reckon Celtic will beat Dundee United or well what, what? I'd be amazed if they don't win never mind yeah. get their point so yeah. they know what's on the line uh, nothing impacts them they considered early on Saturday didn't affect them at all they will win comfortably mm-hmm. John I think so yeah I think with the crowd be uh, up there as well and what's at stake you know they only need a point um, and I think they'll get it done tomorrow and Rangers Ross County uh, what do you reckon Stephen well, from Ross County's perspective, they need to keep. Yeah. They need something Europe. out of the game for European football. It would all depend on what team Giovanni Van Bronckhorst picks. I wonder will he go with some of the younger ones, go with some of the fringe ones, trying to keep them for next week. But Rangers at Ibrox are always a very difficult proposition for the smaller teams. So it's going to be a tough night for Ross County. Yeah, I agree with Stephen. Home win. John, Stephen, thanks so much. We've run out of time, so we'll talk more about it tomorrow night with Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson. John, speak to you soon. Cheers, Paul. Thanks, Craig's as well. He's just about to go as well. In fact, you're back on Friday night as well. A Jokal Day is coming up next after the news. Thanks to everyone who called in and tuned in tonight. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.